Okay, let me let everybody in. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome everybody, how are you today? Can everybody hear me? We have to just make sure that you can hear the audio and that everything is good. Can I get a thumbs up? All right, awesome. So thank you so much for coming and let's get the speaker view on. There we go, there we go. Okay, people are coming in. So I'm, if you see me messing around, I'm gonna be letting people in letting people in. Hello and welcome to Zenful Conversations. Welcome to Zenful Conversations. Thank you so much for coming by. Thanks for being here for this conversation tonight. Um, for information on future guest speakers and all of our Zoom offerings, please visit zenfulconversations.com. My name is Zen Jen Brown. I'm your host and we're here today with our guest speaker, spiritual mentor and intuitive coach, Irma Francis. Irma, thanks so very much for being here with us today. Thank you, Jen. And, and hello, ladies. I was just telling Jen, I'm so happy to see this group and the support that Jen is giving. It's a wonderful thing. So I'm glad to be here. Oh, we're happy to have you here for sure. Um, let me just give a little bit about Irma. Irma treasures the belief that we all have innate wisdom, and this is our ultimate guide. Like Michelangelo chipping away at the stone until the beauty of David was revealed, we must let go of all that is no longer needed for our highest good. Irma supports others in discovering the beauty they have within. At an early age of eight, she experienced what she now calls a soul remembrance. In this experience, a loving presence spoke to her, said, you have a choice to remember your connection to your true self. If you choose not to remember, you will come to believe the persona of a conditioned self and how the world will try to define you. Whatever you choose will decide your destiny in this lifetime. So Irma chose to remember, even though life has continually challenged her to forget she has remained committed to that choice. Irma continues to have transcendent experiences that are not sought after, but come as spontaneously and naturally as her first awakening. And she is here to chat with us about this and answer your questions. So this is fantastic, a fantastic opportunity and a joyous conversation. Information on how to connect with Irma directly will be offered at the end of this conversation, as well as sent tomorrow in the, the follow-up email, along with the replay link. So again, we're so happy you're here with us. Thank you so much for uh, your time and your loving energy. Um, just if you would please, just to get us started, uh, share a little bit about uh, your journey or what you would might say put you on this path. And I'm just guessing it might have been that childhood experience. Yes. Yes, it definitely <laughs> was. It definitely was, which did um, um, kind of set the trajectory for my life um, based on a soul remembrance. And I would also call that the true self. Um, some might call it the authentic self. Um, so that did set me on a life journey that it didn't take me long to find out, um, was 
quite different than um, the agenda that was going in the Western society. So it was um, a very long learning curve for me to figure out not everyone had this. <laughs> to me, in my childhood mind, that awakening is something that everyone experienced. How would I know any different? And so um, it took me quite a while to figure out that that wasn't the case. And not that one is better than the other. It's just um, when I would try and uh, talk about my experience or things around that experience, I was very seldom understood. <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah. And actually, that's something that continues today. That's why we find our group rather pleasurable because it's like-minded people that we can have conversations with and they don't look at you like you've lost your marbles yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then if you would please just explain the work that you currently do sure i'm a um intuitive life coach and a spiritual mentor and my main focus is um, being kind of a clear mirror, reflecting back to the people that I work with, their true selves, so that they can make contact with that true self, so that can start leading their lives if they feel like that is something that they want to do. It's, it's really a sense of empowerment coming from the true self. So um, one of the ways I would put it is the way I um, work with my clients is they are the authority in their own life. And part of that word authority is author. So you are the author of your own life and you're writing your own life story. And um, I'm really not about, you know, being an expert of you, but to mirror back that you are the expert of you. And that's uh, really my main focus. Nice. Lovely. Lovely. Um, I do have lots of questions, but I, I'm, we have a lot of ladies on here. So I want to ask, does anybody have any questions or comments if they're itching to get it out? We can go ahead and start taking some questions now. If anybody has any that they'd like to ask. Otherwise, I can ask a few of my own. Oh, how, how, how old were you when you had that experience when you were young? I was eight years old. Eight years old. Yeah, yeah. And it was a, a spontaneous experience. It was, um, don't know why it happened the way it did, um, but I had a guidance kind of guiding me. Uh, actually, my memoir is, is written around the beginning of that experience where I was guided to go and sit on my uh, front porch. Of course, it was my parents' front porch. And, um, and then this experience unfolded. Yeah. Huh. When was the next experience? the next spiritual experience an awakening yeah i mean so you had that once at eight eight years old um i guess you know my gosh i guess it, it just had to have been so powerful because it's not i'm thinking if i was eight years old something like that happened i might almost uh forget about it or you know put it aside because uh, nobody else understands what i'm talking about mm -hmm. But it's it's when it's something such a powerful thing that you can't you can't not you can't not pay attention to it. So 
but sure. yeah, when was the next one when you had that again? How did you? I just want to say it wasn't possible for me to put that aside because in that experience and, you know, without me kind of going through the whole experience, it might be kind of vague as to what that actually was. Um, but in that experience, when I made my choice to a soul choice, um, instead of allowing the world to kind of condition me into what its expectations were or the people around me, their expectations, but to be guided by my soul, <clears throat> I made a commitment to that in that moment at eight years old. So um, it, it really wasn't possible for me to put that aside. And what I learned much later in my life, right at the age of seven or eight, is when children go through, their brain waves actually shift and there's changes made and they're shifting from this remembering into developing a persona. So right in that moment, when I was in that age frame, I had this experience. So that normal kind of persona and maybe ego separation that happens for most did not happen for me. So, and there was work all around that as well. It's not like, you know, I lived my life um, heaven on earth after that, but. Fascinating. Sally, thank you for asking. Anybody so, yeah, I do. So Irma, this happens and you're eight years old. Okay. And you, was it somebody talking to you? Was it um, something that you perceived? Was it, you weren't scared of it? Um, did you just think of it as, you know, this is normal? Did you go to your parents? They think you were crazy. Like what? I didn't go to my parents because I thought this was a natural part of the human experience. So I just. You, you didn't know otherwise. So I, I really didn't. <clears throat> um, so when did you figure out that it wasn't? Oh, it took me, it took me a while. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I do want to say um, there was part of your question I wanted to answer. Um, like, how did it come? Was it somebody talking oh, okay. to you? Was yeah, it perceived? Yeah. 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 I was um, just sitting in um, the home and I had this experience where I was above myself looking at myself. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I asked the question, well, if I'm up there and down here, which one am I? And when I asked that question, I started hearing and feeling a guidance, <clears throat> which I listened, trusted, and followed. I had no reason not to. And it told me to go outside and sit on the front porch, which I did. And um, when I did, uh, I had an unbelievable um, experience of, mm, to me, the experience was the, like the sky opening up. And in that opening of the sky, I got this download of energy and it filled my body with what I would call light and energy. And the, <clears throat> this light and energy was part of what was guiding me. And 
in that experience, I was given this, <clears throat> this awareness and knowledge that was way beyond what an mm -hmm. eight-year-old could possibly, <clears throat> excuse me, could possibly know. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, sure. I don't know if I answered your, your question. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't anything that was, I mean, it was all took place within you. It was nothing that um, you didn't hear. It wasn't an auditory experience. It was, it was kind of an internal experience. Um, I would say there was a voice that I heard, felt. Okay. Um, I, it wasn't like your typical, like we're talking now, it was, um, and I've had this, um, these voices, these guidance come to me continually over the years. It's a hard thing to explain, but it is something that I hear and feel and trust and know. So let me, the reason why I'm asking that is because I've had several experiences of um, hearing people's voices that I know the people, okay? Um, one was my daughter. Um, one time it was my mother. Um, and one time it was my grandfather um, who, you know, my daughter and my mother are alive, but my grandfather wasn't, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he had been gone for many years and I was married at the time and my kids were little and my husband at the time was going away to Iraq going to war and I heard my just out of nowhere heard my grandfather's voice and he said everything is going to be okay and it was his voice mm -hmm. and I hadn't heard him in years and I heard it and it was, you know, it didn't scare me or anything. And I really took it, you know, to heart that that was going to be true. And it was. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering, like, is that anything? Well, of course it's something. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's a big part of, of the work that I do with people is to learn to trust that, that inner voice, that inner wisdom, I would say, an innate wisdom. It's something we're born with and maybe get um, conditioned out of because it's not something that's recognized or valued in, in our society. Um, but what you're describing sounds like clear audience. It's an audio, um, mm -hmm. you know, like um, psychic. They were all audio, yep. Yeah. So I would definitely trust that. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens for you again. Hmm. Yeah. You let Thank me you. know if you ever hear me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like kidding. Hey, thanks so much, Kim. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, for asking that. Go ahead, Sally. Okay. Um, before the uh, voice, uh, before you looked up and you saw yourself up there uh -huh. and said, uh, um, well, if you're up there and I'm down here, etc. Well, I used to do what they call, I mean, I guess it's a common phenomenon um, and they called it floating. Uh -huh. 
so in the middle of, uh, I mean, since then I've learned that from therapy. And, um, and you know, I, I, I would be up there and I didn't think to ask, you know, that question. I just floated. And then when I went out of my bedroom, I had to kind of get myself down close enough to the top of the doorway, you know, lift me up and I floated downstairs and um, just floated around. Uh, that's it. Mm-hmm. And um, I did that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, there's there's lots of... Um... Too bad I didn't ask that question. Yeah, yeah, there are definitely, um, I would call that, you know, being up there and here is the soul kind of um, experiences life kind of from an observer, being an observer. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is that that experience. As far as the floating, um, I've never heard it called that. You know, there is also experiences, and I'm not saying this was the case for you, but there are experiences when people experience an extreme trauma where they uh, disassociate. And, and that's also um, mm-hmm. something that. that happens to people, you know, in extreme mm-hmm. trauma which is a a wonderful coping mechanism. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Sally. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to add, I know it's hard when um, there's not a book and maybe you haven't watched my um, YouTube videos to have an understanding of my work, but my focus really is for people that are interested to help people, what I would call integrate the human self with the divine self to create a wholeness. And I would also call that wholeness being in our full integrity. And, um, and this is a very empowering thing. Um, yeah, I just wanted to add that. Well, yeah, because like, um or the way things are, everybody is so busy. I think that it's like they're we're caught up in this frenzy of insanity and and hardly even paying attention to our soul, in my opinion, or not having enough time to do it. And and that's like so backwards. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, so uh yeah, so so you're trying to get it, or or you try to assist people to, in their own understanding to get it to be a little more even keel, yeah. Well, for sure, to for sure. Marry the two. Mm-hmm. Rather than you know, I do something called Akashic Records readings. Um, I also consider myself, besides being intuitive, probably leaning towards being psychic. Although I don't bring that out as something I offer as a surface, because I would much rather, um, and, and most of my clients are women, I would much rather empower women if they so choose to develop those skills within themselves. So what I can help with is <clears throat> figuring out um, where you may be, I would call it being out of alignment, you know, body, mind, and soul. And full empowerment, wholeness, and integrity comes from body, mind, and soul being in alignment where you become kind of like an antenna. 
you know, there's your higher self. And that higher self is connected to what most people call God, the source of all that is. And that's the ultimate guide. Um, and then we, you know, once we become this human antenna by aligning ourselves, body, mind, and soul, life becomes a lot easier because we are tapped into um, the source of all that is. And that's helping us connect to our soul, to our higher selves, and then we can navigate life in a clearer, almost um, effortless way. Can you perhaps uh, uh, explain the uh, Akashic Records just in case people don't know what they are? Sure. Um, the Akashic Records is uh, a record of our soul from when it leaves, leaves source all the way to the present lifetime and any lifetimes that have, have um, gone on for you in your soul. And um, I used to teach them. I used to teach people how to read their own Akashic records and how to read other people's Akashic records. But I did move much more in the direction of wanting to empower people to do these things for themselves rather than looking to somebody else, because I really do believe that we all have access to that, if we so choose, if we so choose. Thank you. And there's, there's great healing, you know, if you learn how to read your own Akashic records, there's great healing in that, because sometimes um, you might be going about your life, and a pattern keeps repeating, and you can't figure out why this pattern keeps repeating. It could be connected to something unresolved from a past life. Um, there's, I've seen miracles happen through accessing the Akashic Records. Yeah. So uh, this subject of past life experiences, then you've had those as well? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, all of these things that sound <laughs> um, out of the ordinary, to me, I think they're natural experiences when somebody isn't disconnected from their true self. These are things that just naturally happen. And these past life experiences that I've had definitely came with a message of um, something being unresolved in this present life. And then it would enable me to connect the dots, so to speak. And then the pattern just stopped and disappeared. Um, I could, I could, I don't know if it would be boring, but I could share some um, past life experiences if, if you'd like. Well, let me see if it does uh, anybody have any questions or any comments on past life experiences that they'd like to share or ask. You're on mute. You're on mute, Brooke. First of all, there. thank you. I really admire you for your stance of empowering people to find out on their own. But when, but it does seem like but maybe for us more ordinary people, um, you know, I just seem driven and very interested in past lives. And I've had, you know, a more standard, you know, 
hypnosis type of past life regressions. And I wondered what you think about that. Do they have value? There's a lot of authors that write about that, Brian Weiss and others. Um, and how, how would that dovetail or not uh, with your current thought about helping your clients? Hmm. I'm not real sure. So as far as past life regression, I don't know enough about that to speak on it. I would say if that's something you're called to, Mm-hmm. then I would trust that. I would also trust your discernment of, of who's doing that past life regression and how it feels to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's all individual. Yeah. But I'd be interested hearing about some of your past lives. So. <laughs> um, all these past life experiences, um, a couple came in dreams and a couple not a couple, quite (laughs) very, very many, um, would happen when I was in a relaxed state. And um, one example is um, I was sitting watching the, um, a music award show and I was watching Kenny G. I don't know if you know who he is. I'm I'm dating myself. he was playing his sax and he hit this one note. And when he hit this note, I became one with the note. And when I became one with the note, I was no longer sitting on my sofa watching the music awards show. I was um, an African-American man running through a dark passageway with um, my shirt was ripped open I was barefoot. I was this large muscular man and I was running and I, I could, I was afraid I was being chased because I was being accused of murdering somebody. And I could feel the heart beating. I could feel the sweat. I could feel the feet hitting the puddles of the passageway he was running through. And um, he kind of just got where he was cornered. And when that happened, I came back and I was now again <laughs> sitting on the sofa and, and, and there was the music awards show. And what I connected to that past life was, um, I would have a um, unreasonable reaction to being falsely accused. And I never understood why I had this strong reaction. But after I remembered this, what seemed to be a past life to me, I made that connection of where that fear came from. And once I made that connection, that reaction went away. I know this, I I don't know enough about your group to know what your focus has been. I know this could sound way out there. (laughs) Uh, Well, some of the women come by all the time and listen to the messages and they vary. We've been doing them four years now. And so that they vary on on different subjects, but um, uh, the evolution of the soul definitely comes up. And especially in my mind, I totally believe that. uh, so, you know, and when we talk about raising our vibrations and that is 
our highest and best self, which is in the divinity world. Yeah. I mean, when we're talking about high vibrations, can you just expand on all of that? Sure. The, the high vibrations, the quickest way to raise your vibrations is to connect to your true self. Because um, from my experience and my understanding, um, when we get kind of separated from our true self or disconnected from our true self, it's almost like a density starts to take place and we become more, more and more earthbound and more and more asleep in a way. And so the quickest way to raise your vibrations would be to connect to your true self. Because when we are born into this world, each of us holds a, um, I would call it a soul signature. And with that soul signature is a vibration. And, you know, if we want to experience peace, harmony, joy, we have to be in sync with that initial soul vibration, our soul signature, because otherwise, if when we don't do that, we can feel just out of sync with life. That's, that's the way I would put it as far as vibrations go. What have you talked about, uh, about raising your vibration? Oh, just ways to do it because it's, it's, uh, it, it, it is about alignment and it is about being in truth with our authentic true self and about returning back to that and, and how uh, there's also the law of attraction involved in all of that too. The, the vibration that we send out is, is what attracts back, right? So um, like attracts like, and there's a lot of, I mean, it varies. It varies, it's such a wide net and a beautiful conversation. Um, but um, I, I do have other questions, but I don't want to stop anybody from saying anything. So I knew that there was a lot of questions on the, um, that people said they wanted to ask. So I just want to make sure, does anybody else have anything they'd like to say? Go ahead, Jody, unmute. Unmute there. There you go. Hi. Hi, Jody. Question and a comment. Um, I've always heard that you pick your family that you want to be born into. And I find it hard to believe that I would have picked my family on purpose. Or do you know if there's like truth to that or what? you know, or, or that you pick the life that you're going to, how difficult your life's going to be and how many obstacles you're going to have to overcome and, and all of that ahead of time. And I just, did I do this? <laughs> did I choose this? <laughs> Cause, cause I just wonder if that's true. Well, you know, I don't know if that's true. Um, I can tell you from my experience and my understanding is I'm not sure how much that matters when you align yourself with your true self, with your soul. I'm not sure, you know, when, when you can do that, you are now connected to what's eternal and the conflicts and the fears and the things that come up in life kind of dissipate because we know that um, there's part of us that's eternal. 
and we walk in that power and we live in that power. And um, I can tell you in my life, um, I, I thought for sure I must have been adopted <laughs> because I was not, um, it, it didn't feel like I had this connection with my family um, from the deepest place of heart and soul. And so um, that can be, of course, extremely, extremely difficult. But um, I would just ask the question, does it matter? <laughs> I just get curious sometimes if, if it, why I would have chosen this, if that's true, that's all. <laughs> why? <laughs> Well, I mean, but you chose life, you chose life. And so, you know, it, it could be, I don't know what your experience with your family is, but it could be maybe you were born into that family to be a guide and a teacher. Well, it would be very much what you explained. That's totally disconnected and absolutely didn't belong in that family. But I didn't think so and neither did they. And I would imagine there was a lot of um, emotional pain that could go with that. Yeah. And I don't mean to be minimizing when I say doesn't matter. What Where I'm really coming from is a, a sense of empowerment to really own that we are spiritual beings um, having this human experience and to honor that and to recognize the power that can come with that. And not, not an ego power or you know a power over, but just a real self-love. And from that place of self-love, then we really are able to love everybody else unconditionally. I've heard that as well, Judy, uh, they, based on what, my understanding of it anyway from what I've heard not that I know anything really about this either but um yeah that based on what the soul needs to learn this is the family I'm going with or whatever and um so I don't know either <laughs> I mean I don't know if we'll really know a lot of these things until we pass on to the what do you call it next level but um but I think that's helped me a bit as far as feeling bad for other people is, is something they need to work through to have allow their soul to evolve. Uh, it, that's just something that that has helped me, um, I guess, especially with uh, homeless people or something like that. I think it's something that they need to work through and learn is when I, now um, I think I've heard you describe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaken, but I think, Irma, anyway, I heard you describe when the, when you're passing at the time of death, there's really no separation or did, did I do, um, like, it's just one minute to the next or no, <laughs> uh, let me see. How am I, how am I going to explain that? Um, cause I, I've been filling my brain with a lot of stuff here lately, but that when you pass it's not it, you just you're just passing it into it's an, you're all of a sudden into the next 
so-called zone, I guess. <laughs> I might call it dimension, a, a dimensional awareness. I don't know that I've said anything quite like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have said and, and will say now that from the um, from soul awareness before life, what we consider life and afterlife is kind of all the same thing. There really isn't a separation from the awareness of soul. And so um, the reason I'm passionate about what I do and why I do what I do is because to me, the most important um, purpose in this life is to come to the awareness while in physical form that soul awareness and to connect soul awareness with um, the human experience so that when we do leave this form that where we are in our consciousness in our conscious awareness and what that is will be our experience when we are not when we leave the physical form so to me that's <laughs> um, a really good reason to work very, very hard on self-awareness, soul awareness, integration of the soul and um, the human self. Thank you for, for clarifying that. And I apologize if I didn't know how to, because that's, I think, what it is that, uh, that, I, that I heard you say. And um, yeah, that's that's... I'm feeling that I, I, I want to help people. I want to, uh, to evolve on the soul level. Cause I do feel that I do feel that that's, um, not part of it. Now I think I will come back again. <laughs> I think my dog is on his last time here, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to come back again. Um, what makes you think you'll come back again? What, well, because I uh, would say that um, I felt I, I, when I was younger, I was on, I was very in tune with my spiritual self. And I lost myself along the way. And now I feel like I'm repairing my broken wings per se, but there was a lot of time that wasn't in that, in that. Uh, so I don't know, you know, it depends how long I live, how I'll feel 20, 30, 40 years from now. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm just five years into my, on my healing journey with all of this anyway. So um, there's a lot of room for, for evolution, which I'm looking forward to. And thank you. Thankful for people like you for sharing too. Um, yeah, any- I'm sorry. Uh, That is more, a more common experience than not, you know, what you described for yourself. Um, For most people that does happen, you know, in their 40s, somewhere in there where they recognize what I've been doing is out of sync. Like this is not, I am not in my integrity and they start to make changes. And when they start to make changes, all kinds of things can happen. Relationships can end. Um, we can change jobs. 
Um, we can move uh, to a different location. There's so many things um, that can happen from that, but that definitely is more common than not. Say, for example, <clears throat> Abraham Maslow's you know, hierarchy of needs, you know, that starting at the bottom of the bottom rung kind of at survival and going up um, in the hierarchy of needs. And they've now added to that self-realization and transcendence. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's that pretty cool that that's, that's been added. And so that is kind of the life experience for most people, you know, getting the survival needs met and then on up, 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 up. Um, and as you are going up and as you are meeting all these needs, you can hit a place where a self-awareness kicks in. It's like, oh, okay, so I've got my survival needs. I've met all these different needs. And then there's a recognition. Now what? You know, now what? And to me, the now what is the purpose of, of life. And, you know, for me, because of that experience, most people kind of evolve from the root chakra on up to the crown and then may have transcendent experiences from there. My experience was the op opposite of that. It was having, you know, this crown opening. And then my work has been, how do I... Yeah, because I was, you know, in this transcendent place with the crown chakra open, living in a world where most people are functioning from fear. And so I had to learn how to navigate and how to um, integrate all of those things. I don't know if that makes any sense because. Yeah, it's, it does. It's, it's, it's actually sounds very fascinating. I'm not sure how fun it would have been as an eight-year-old but it sounds very fascinating <laughs> I ended up doing because I I wasn't understood and I had a feeling I wasn't going to be understood I started writing poetry and I started validating my own experiences because I didn't want to forget and I knew if I didn't record it I might forget so I started doing that and it was a good thing because eventually my parents sent me to um, a Baptist church and nothing against any religion at all. It's just that I had already had this connection with what I would call, what I called uh, and understood to be God. And then I was sent to a church where it really didn't match because my God um, wasn't a punishing God. My God was a, a loving God. So. Yeah. Any other questions, comments? Yes. Um, I was not sure that was um, what happened to me when I was a young child. Um, I had a couple um, episodes where I heard God, I saw God's presence, I saw God as light, and I saw the light through other people. And it was just also, it, it was like when you talk about downloading, I just, knew God was with me for all rest of my life and I always have felt protected and loved by God and hear God's voice and I always thought everyone had that same experience and what, as a child I don't I just never did anything mischievous because I just heard God's voice and always wanted to be kind to people when I was young 
And um, as I've gotten older, you know, I've tried to discern what what else I should be doing in my life um, that gives back to creation, gives back to God and fulfills my life purpose here. And, um, you know, for me, some of the frustrations of getting older is having this body you know, that interferes with everything I want to do um, with my soul. But then I realized, you know, it's this is part of the whole experience for me. And uh, over the past, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years, because I meditate so much and it's in those quiet moments when, you know, I will leave through my third eye and, and I travel places and um, that I feel so close to other people and feel feel what they're experiencing. And um, I, I just have felt very blessed to always, even though when I've had many difficulties in life, to feel like everything's okay. And um, this that God's just with me and it's God's so loving and beautiful. And, you know, just that coming down through me and up through me. And, and um, so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and I think I keep learning, you know, that's, that's been my path is to keep learning. And, um, you know, and, I, and I've had some experiences, you know, where I experienced some past life uh, on my own, but also one time when I was with a Reiki um, person and she had us all sitting in a place that she had never experienced when she did Reiki of uh, being back in early Native American time when she was a uh, a healer. And um, she found me and I had been hurt uh, by my father and um, you know he had tried to strangle me. And so it was interesting that we had met up here in this life. And I, you know, and that was collaborated by someone that was a shaman that was talking to me about being out in this prairie riding a horse and so forth. So it's it's just also fascinating that the immensity and the mysteriousness of all that is within us and without us and the connections we all have with each other and to be able to share it with people and not think, you know, like cause I, I never shared so much because people thought, you know, that's kind of odd or, you know, that's not true or really real. And I knew it was. And to now be able to be authentically share it with, you know, with our group and other other people is is so freeing. Yeah, that's really beautiful, Barbara. And you, you know, having that connection to God and and trusting that and being guided by that. I mean, to to have that connection and and a connection to our souls, it it does give us. Um, an awareness that can really make life a whole lot easier because all you really need to do is tune into that, trust that and follow that. And, you know, no matter how many distractions and how much fear and craziness that's going on in, in the world, you are kind of centered yes. in a place of, of soul awareness and <laughs> You just walk in that, I would call it grace. I would definitely call it grace. And, you know, the thing about grace, it's not something you can capture or something that you can make happen. It's a surrendering to what is a given for us. Yes. And grace is a given for us. We just yeah. sometimes get in the way of it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you. <laughs>
Who else would like to say something? Go ahead, Sally. Oh, you're on mute again, though. Go ahead, on mute. Um, I'm wondering, uh, I, um, you know, I had that experience and I had some religious experiences when I was young. I was quote, quote, religious. And, um, but basically I was just doing everything the nuns told me to do and um, that kind of thing. And I was, uh, throughout the whole, really throughout my whole life, I was um, more or less in the conditioned life. You know, I was more or less living according to my conditioning all the way up until three or four months ago. And I'm 78 years old. And um, I was trying to get somewhere, you know. I mean, I, I didn't give up. That's one good thing people said about me. You know, I just kept trying all kinds of different things. So now um, I think, I, I, to me, what you say, which I've always had an interest in, but basically what happened to me wasn't this. It was more the Buddhist um, experience, which I see exactly like what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what happened to me and Jen and, you know, all the experiences I've had through her and through the things that we've done. It just sort of... Uh, all came together and um you know i'm in a all kinds of med i'm in a lot of meditation and i have to cut down some of it but uh i'm in a real live buddhist um sangha and um in some groups that are recovery groups which i've learned a whole lot about a whole lot about buddhism and about this um and um so is, um, would you say that, that you know, plus I, I've always believed in this stuff, but I thought, well, I don't want to go down that route um, because I thought it was kind of hokey, hocus pocus, you know, but um, I have had such conditioning um, and such fear, you know, in my life. So anyway, I was just wanted to know if you felt that it was also very um, uh, similar to the Buddhist I mean, everything you say um, would be, and in, including the lives, you know, right. and, their, and their ceremonies for death and mm -hmm. just their thinking um, along that. And I've been reading Paramahansa Yogananda, um, which in Chicago, I was in their group, uh, a really big group. The self-realization group? Yeah, self-realization. And, you know, now we're using the word self-realization. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's talking way back in India that, um, you know, the Americans need this or whatever, <laughs> you know, and he came, you know, and so did a lot of others, but he was one of the first. Yes. And um, so anyway, I'm just wondering if um, you, the way you're shaking your head makes me think that. For sure. Um, uh, same sort of pathway, but yeah, that really happened to me. I was totally uh, conditioned. Wow. Fear well, congratulations to you for, for not stopping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the best thing I did. Yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, you know, in the you know, spiritual understandings, there's a lot of talk about non-duality or you could say oneness. <laughs> um, 
and I would say the definitely, you know, the um, Buddhist teachings, which is the middle way. Um, but I would say, you know, um, the quickest and easiest way to find that middle way to find oneness, to experience non-duality is the acceptance of what we call good and what we call evil, what we call dark and what we call light. It's not resisting one and trying to get the other. It's the acceptance of all of it. And when you accept duality, mm -hmm. you find oneness. Yeah. It's, it's really that simple. It's really that simple. And finding that oneness and the, you know, having the ability to accept all of it has everything to do with making soul contact. Mm -hmm. Because the, the ego self, the conditioned mind will never let you go there. So mm -hmm. congratulations. Yeah. I also um, took, uh, in therapy, did DBT, um, which... Are you familiar with DBT, mm -hmm. Marshall Linehan? Well, that's what you're talking about right there. Mm -hmm. And I took that for years and didn't, you know, so it's, it's really been a struggle and to have it finally, um, I mean, I'm somewhat of an intelligent person, but I couldn't get past um, such a serious amount of conditioning I had from my youth. Oh my gosh. And the fact that, that you were able to break through is, is it was from her too, with all of this other stuff. Oh, yeah. what a tribute to you, Jen. I, I got to tell you, these ladies are completely amazing. And, um, and, and it, it, it we're, we're all just walking each other home. Uh, and Sally, you bring such joy to my heart. You wouldn't even know. Mm. You wouldn't even know. Thank you for sharing. Mm. Thank you for sharing. Um, I want to be respectful of time, um, but I would like to ask anybody else has had anything because there's a few of you that did not get a chance to speak, and I don't want anybody leave wishing they would have asked something, <laughs> so or said something, a comment or anything. To Cheryl, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I came in late. I've had an insane day, <laughs> so I missed what you said at the beginning, but I'm kind of picking up on it, but. Um, We've never really talked that much about it, but I um, was, I guess, the same, very much the same as you having these spiritual feelings when I was young. And then um, I actually um, had a friend when I was young and we used to play with it because I had somewhat like ESP. And um, I felt the same way as you when I, I constantly you know, for about five or six years, or even longer, I asked my mother every year, are you sure I'm not adopted? Because <laughs> I didn't think I fit in with this family, because I was on another level. And I think I, I've been true to that most of my life. Um, just the last five or six years, I guess, I feel like I, I've lost touch with it. Um, and I'm interested in getting back there again, but, uh, I relate to everything you're saying. Um, what I heard, I missed the beginning <laughs> and, uh, I just wanted to make that comment. That's all okay. that I, I, I get it because, um, 
I'm like, I don't know, I could probably write a book as well <laughs> about it all. But yeah, it's very cool. Very cool to hear that someone else um, had a similar experience. That's neat. And, and I never spoke about it with anyone either because I thought they're going to think I'm crazy. I, I had a counselor about 15 years ago and I shared it with him. And uh, he, he said, you're not crazy. Um, you're, you're just a spiritual being. So wow. there you go. Wow. And I, you know, I wonder... I don't, I don't even wonder. I, I, I know for sure how many children have these experiences. And then when they try and share with the adults in their life who may have already been conditioned to the point where they aren't open to hearing it, then they shut down and they, you know, cut themselves off from, to me, these experiences are natural. Yes, they're, they're think, a natural think, part of humanity. I think that's why maybe children do are closer to it, you know, because they, mm-hmm. I call it socializing. Mm-hmm. Once you've been socialized, that's you try right. to move away from it. But right. before that, you've got a grasp on it. And I was fascinated by it. So I used to hang on to it so much like you. And I wrote things down because I didn't want to forget. But I just thought that was really cool when I heard you saying those things and I can relate to it. Thank you, Cheryl. You know, I, I, I wanted to, to add, you know, I've been kind of quiet and I am intentionally that way because my um, style is kind of an open-ended inquiry. And the last thing I want to do is to take a philosophy of beliefs and project it over other people. I would rather have it be a energy exchange of open-ended inquiry and sharings and, you know, developing trust and safety, which I can tell that you you've done in your group, Jen. Oh, it's all about love, you know? It really is. Cheryl, thank you so very much. Thank you, Cheryl. Who else would like to say anything? Noel, Steph? Go ahead, Jody. I'll make it quick. <laughs> um, I had a childhood experience, but it was quite, quite different than what you're speaking of, because I had a, what I know is like a past life remembrance and I was probably like five mm. and I cannot go into detail but it was something that I didn't have any knowledge of in this as a little girl it was <laughs> a very vivid that's why it, all these all the years that um, I knew it was not a dream it was something different even though I was little you know and then um, I went through the years, I went to a psychic and she told me about this life. And I went to an astrologer and she told me about this life. And I had never told anybody about it. And I went to uh, uh, San Francisco one time and I had no idea. I'd never been there before. And we were by the Golden Gate Bridge. And I didn't know there was a, uh, like a fort, a military fort at the bottom of the bridge. And, but, but I knew it was there. I told, I told who I was with, but I, 
oh my God, there's a, there's a military fort there. And we went and there it was, you know, and I couldn't even go in. Like I, I was having like a physical reaction that I, I couldn't even go in. And so I'm, it was just something I know, like I know that I know <laughs> was a past life, but I'm sure that that's not the only one. And I just wonder why that has been so, you know, such a strong influence through this whole life. I'm sure there's other ones. Why that one is the one that just keeps coming, coming up and coming up. Why was, what was so powerful? Well, I know what was so powerful about it. It was very bad. <laughs> and, um, but I just wonder that I'm sure there were other ones too. Why just that one is the only one I've become aware of. Well, maybe you need to kind of resolve that and kind of get to the root of that. And then possibly other ones would be revealed to you. Maybe it's staying there in, in the way of it. It has an important message for you. But it was not, I knew it wasn't a dream. It was, it was a remembrance. It was very vivid and something I had no knowledge of. And I just, I was always like, what what even was it how would i even know that and so it was very very strange something i one day i'd love to go into detail with somebody about it but it was that bad that i i, I can't <laughs> so um why can't you it just i just can't it was it's just um i don't know inappropriate it just is something i i can't I don't know. I maybe if I would just share it someday, it would it would come out release. But I I don't know. It's just I I, I don't know. That's what I was going to ask. Is 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 it all a matter of releasing these layers that we talk about? These layer after layer after layer after layer of everything that is not you. Yeah, definitely. And and what you just said, Jen, that that is the importance of. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about meditation and I think you teach yoga. Did I understand? That? Yes. Yes. And and just real quickly on that, go ahead. And, and if you would expand on that bit about that uh, experiences through meditation. Sure. Well, I mean, to me, the importance of meditation is, <clears throat> is, you know, kind of letting all that is not the true self be released and also, um, I think just trying to live in this world, um, we are constantly experiencing all kinds of trauma, whether it's, you know, directly right in our lives or turning on the news. And every time this happens, our nervous system goes into, you know, red alert. And then, you know, it takes a while to get back to equanimity, to get back to, you know, that calm. And that's where meditation, it's almost like a powering up, you know, becoming like a spiritual warrior in a way of really through meditation, calming the, the nervous system so that there isn't a reaction to the external stimuli, not that there's not awareness. In fact, you can be more aware and more compassionate and more empathetic when you are in a centered, peaceful, aware 
place. So it's really a big part of meditation is calming the nervous system to get back to a place and hold the place of equanimity. Yeah. 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 Well, that nervous system we, we talk about frequently. It's definitely because we've been stuck on overdrive for the longest time. And there's traumas, like you said, out here and in our worlds, mm. because we, I mean, from level, this level to this level, you know, and everything out here is on the extreme. So there's a lot going on. You're absolutely uh, For sure. Um, real quickly about um, out-of-body experiences, perhaps when, when meditation is taking place, is this, is it tapping into the same dimension that you have been talking about out of body experiences i guess at this point in my understanding and my awareness i'm not sure that out of body experiences are truly out of body i think it's it's um just an awareness of what's kind of always there um, Gary Zukoff would define it as being a multi-sensory human being. It's, you know, we have our five senses and then we have our sixth sense of intuition and beyond. So, you know, when we think of the, the soul, the soul is not contained in this little form. The soul is, is huge. And it's connected to a higher self and the higher self is connected to the, the source of all that is. So based on my life experience and how I live my life, I don't see a separation between physical form and multi-sensory experiences that some people would call out of body. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's just from, you know, my personal experience. There's all kinds of ways of, of looking at things. Awesome. Awesome. Jody, I'm not sure I said thank you for sharing and asking. Thank you. Uh, uh, one more. One more from anybody. Comment, question, anything? Go ahead, Kim. Unmute. Oops, sorry. I, I muted you. There you go. I've got a million things to say, but um, <laughs> just to try to package it up, um, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. My question is, you know, it, I, it brings to mind like deja vu, it brings to mind like imaginary friends um, when kids are little, um, it brings to mind, um, I guess my biggest question is, I'm like in, you know, some helping professions and I've always been you know, empathic and all that kind of stuff. And how do you not um, absorb all that, I guess? How do you get rid of that? Is that meditation also? How do you get rid of what specifically? Um, just absorbing other people's junk. Junk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. Um, a lot of people that kind of um, move towards the spiritual community or spiritual understandings are what I would call HSPs. Uh, Elaine Aaron is the expert on highly sensitive people, which it sounds like mm -hmm. you're one. 
um, being extremely empathetic, you know, in that, um, also um, being an empath. Mm-hmm. So what I would say, especially being in, in a helping field. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel to, like sometimes that I don't know where, where I end and somebody else begins. Yeah. I do. I, yeah. I do massage, you know, and um, sometimes I, I'll get feelings afterwards that I'll either be, you know, angry or like things that don't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where did this come from? And I kind of have trouble, um, you know, putting it in a box or like, so. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people might say or suggest or advise to put a protection around you. I, I personally would not advise that. I would say turn up your soul power <laughs> instead of protecting yourself turn up your love turn up your light turn up your power and hold that hold that become familiar with that know know what that is know when you're standing in it know when you're giving it away know when you're Mm -hmm. opening the door for something else to come in and i would also say to observe rather than absorb Mm-hmm. which might be really difficult because the sensitivity that must come with being, you said you're a massage therapist. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, right. huge. that's it is huge. Yeah. Because I, you know, we all know the, the energy, we talk about that a lot, mm-hmm. the energy being transferable. Um, and I, I also think that for me, the more I learn, the more sensitive I get. There right. have been times that I'm yeah. driving and I can actually, it almost freaks me out every once in a while. Uh, I can, I can, I can feel these people, uh, mm-hmm. their energy. And, and right now everybody is crazy. Angry. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot out there. Right. And so, um, you know, it does happen all the time, but every once in a while, I'm like, wow. And, and it just, I almost have to come home. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, I can't drive with all of this going on. And then I'm thinking, do they have guns in their car? You know what I mean? And then my mind starts to get carried away because of the energy level that I'm sensing. It's like, I don't even want to be in the same road with these people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but but you anyway. Do to, you do have to learn how to turn it on. Wait, you cut out, Irma. Your oh. voice. Oh, there you go. Say it again. You're good. Um, you have to really learn how to turn that on and choose and almost like having a, a laser focus of this is what I'm giving my focus and my energy to and not in a discompassionate way or in an unempathetic way, but in a um, I need my life energy to give to the people in my life and to my priorities and, you know, kind of staying in your, your own lane is, is majorly important. I know for me, because of all these connections that I have and all these skills and awarenesses, I have to consciously choose like right now, if I took that off, 
I would absolutely start seeing into each of you. I would see into your energy. I would read the energy around you. I would start getting messages. First of all, if I did that without permission, that would be intrusive. And it's just not something that is the healthiest thing to do. And I think it is a, a learning how to do that and almost understanding the sacredness of it. Because it's a gift. It's a real gift. I want to have you back already. <laughs> this is I think long. we're going to have to have a monthly powwow. <laughs> Um, yeah, we just have to be respectful of your time. I don't want to, I don't want to let you go, but we're going to ask you, do you have any final thoughts or anything that you would like to leave us with or close with, or anything that you feel needs to be expressed or said before we, sure. well, you know, like I said, um, open-ended inquiry. So I would like to invite the members that, that uh, came on today and, and just your group overall. You can contact me if you have any questions or you want to um, inquire into something that might be kind of upfront and pressing for you that you might feel is a major block for you at this time. I welcome you to contact me and um, Jen, did you want to give my information or would you just... I, I sure do. Um, if you want to work with uh, Irma directly, you'll be able to contact her on her website is irmafrancis.com. That's I-R-M-A-F-R-A-N-C-I-S.com. And I will send that along with her email address um, in the follow-up email tomorrow with the Zoom, uh, with the replay link. It won't be a Zoom link, it'll be the replay link. Um, yeah, Irma, thank you. <laughs> thank you so very much. Thank you, thank you ladies. so very much. Thank you for being so open. We're very grateful. And we thank you for your time and your energy and your love. Your love. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Thank you for your questions. Thank you always for your great questions. And um, remindful, uh, just a reminder to visit zenfulconversations.com. Uh, and sign up for more of these wonderful conversations where you get to ask the questions. Irma, I'm sure we'll be speaking again if you'll let, let it let it happen. <laughs> oh, I would, love it. I would love it. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Jen. And gratitude. Thank you, everyone. Stay well. Namaste. Namaste.